Hi there, this is Ben. After Act 3 of Dead in the Water, we're going to change up our format for a few weeks with a pair of discussion episodes where the Heroes cast reflects on our experiences with Dead in the Water. Send your questions in to heroes at theheidianway.com. Please support the show by telling your friends and coworkers and by leaving reviews on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you, and now on to the show. Welcome to Heroes of the Hydean Way. This is a live play podcast that explores published adventures set in the Fantasy Flight Games Star Wars RPG line. Currently, our story is dead in the water, and it can be found in the Star Wars Age of Rebellions GM's Kit. This is Act 3, Episode 2, and I'm Ben, the GM for this adventure. I'm Chris, I play Force Emergent Mandalorian Commando Matsu Ordo, whose duty is combat victory. TV93 is played by Brent. He's a sniper and a sharpshooter. His specialty is enemy demoralization, which would be quite amusing if he had a sense of humor. He had it removed. Hi there, I'm Christine, and I play Lieutenant Nima Ptolemy, uh, the group's commander who is currently fast asleep, uh, preparing for this new mission, and her duty is personnel. And I'm Leslie, I play Kith the snoozing Bothan, whose duty will be eventually sabotage. And to get to know our characters a little bit better, every episode I ask a question. And today's question is for Matu. With Matu's sudden, deep immersion in the Force, how has that shaken his galaxy view? Uh, it came up a little bit last time. So he's very into uh, Wrestlenare, which is the Mandalorian six tenets that a Mandalorian must follow in order to enter Manda, which is the Mandalorian afterlife. Typically, Mandalorians believe that only by following Wrestlenare can a person gain a soul and then therefore be admitted into the afterlife. Interestingly, uh, it doesn't seem to be a bloodline or biological type of belief. It's just a generic, I guess, akin to Judaism. Where if you decide to enter the faith slash nation, you can just do so as long as you follow all the beliefs. Now, um, of course, the canon behind Mandalorians is really wishy-washy and confusing these days. Um, what with, you know, uh, you've got your Django Fett who is, you know, portrayed by a Maori New Zealander in the movies, and then they got completely whitewashed in the Clone Wars and became ultra-peace-loving, and then you've got the Death Watch group. And so, as far as Ben and I can tell, there's basically three types of Mandalorians, New, True, and Death Watch. And so, um, Matsu would consider himself definitely part of the True Mandalorians. And how this Force stuff fits in is very confusing to him. Um... In some sense, he is wondering if this ties into hand-in-hand with his view of Manda and Resolari, or if this is going to contradict it. Because up until he moved that sword last episode, he could explain away a lot of things with contact with his ancestors, hallucinations, all that stuff. But moving a sword is definitely something only a Jedi can do. That to me is really cool. I do want to give a tiny bit of a shout-out to Tales, which next week is going to be discussing Mandalorian culture in Star Wars a bit more as well, as it so happens. It is really interesting stuff, especially my favorite Mandalorian stuff. It comes from Knights of the Old Republic and uh, Candorous Ordo, who is one of my favorite Mandalorians ever. Hence the name. So for the benefits of our listeners listening sometime in the future, what episode of Hiding away would that be? Yeah, now I actually have to do math. That would be episode 153. Excellent. Okay, and now to do a quick recap on the events of last episode and just sort of to give us all the nice contextualization that we all need. I am tapping TV to entertain us. That's not part of my programming. In the previous episode, I was attempting to try to control the droids on the ship using the previous tactical droids network connections. Unfortunately, it was unsuccessful. It could have been successful, but the rest of the group didn't want to wait. They wanted it immediately. Meet Zaxa that way. And so they made me go to the infirmary, which held no value to me whatsoever. 
So I left a very interesting problem that would have fulfilled me as a droid and perhaps saved us all had things gone differently. And instead I went to the meat sack repair facility where we found Matu, who was delirious, even by his standards. And he started asking us if we were real. It's the sort of thing he does. He wanted a status report. He wanted to know how many droids he should kill, which is also typical. We told him that he did not need to kill any droids, and he looked very disappointed, and that the black hole was no longer a danger. Some meat sack who thought themselves important decided to start ordering us around and told us to go find the source of the droids or some such thing. Once again, my allies had lost their gear, and so they had to go get more. And so they went to various other meat sacks to ask for gear, which they will also lose in the future. They gave us a Kappa-class shuttle. It was named something the Peacekeeper. I don't know. At some point, I was recharging, and Matu started moving things with his brain, which is unusual even for him. We talked about it. And as we start, I'm thinking that Rini is going off of Bradica's uh, stored hyperspace route. So, dropping out of uh, hyperspace, the front of this Kappa Clash shuttle is pointed directly at the star. And with that, it's bright. Like, so bright, even the automatic tinting of the glass doesn't shield out really enough of it. And this wakes up everyone. As Rainey's turning and heading towards Portuga, it's at this point where the two who have been sleeping are forced awake. It's pretty much going from a dark, sort of swirling blue cloud to the noonday sun in Phoenix. Whose bright idea was it to put a dozen windows along the side of this ship? I can't believe you just made that pun. Go back to sleep. The pun wasn't intentional. And (laughs) if we're seeing the sun, I think it's time for us to get up. See if there's any calf or food aboard this ship. Ooh, calf. So, as far as we know, Oglerk was a pirate, right? He was a, uh, she was a privateer for us, correct? Yes. So, what do we gotta roll to see if we have contacts on the planet? Underworld, or... Streetwise? Streetwise would be more for making new contacts. We know a Wookiee. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go talk to that Wookiee. <laughs> yeah, otherwise it would be more... Well, now, Streetwise is also finding people that you've known there. Yeah, no, if you want to do something like Knowledge Outer Rim, Knowledge Underworld, that would definitely work. I mean, mine's all garbage, but if someone else with better intellect would like to (laughs) see if they know somebody, all I got is two green across the board, except for lore. That sounds about right. And yeah, you're coming back into the space station of Portuga, the fairly rough-and-tumble, almost pirate haven, as... Raimi's guiding you into a docking port. Because if we don't know anyone else here, the only idea I have is to go find that burnt-up Wookiee. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I'll happily roll for a check. Yeah, well, that's a lead to track down. I'm also thinking we might be able to learn a little bit more about the ship, possibly even a destination, talk up the uh, dockmaster if they have such a thing here, maybe some of the local mechanics... And um, Kith seems ideally suited for that, if it comes that way. And who, did Oglark have a, like a number two with her? I feel like she did. She had a crew. And she did have a number two, yes. Did we see him or her? I cannot remember. Yes. I believe we did. It was a him, if I recall correctly. That is correct. I think he was just another human, right? He was. He was a human named Cog, with a K. Just another Cog in the way machine. Does anybody else have much in the way of knowledge, Underworld? I really wasn't that kind of a... I really wasn't a detective back in the day. Nima does not have any training in knowledge, Underworld, or Streetwise. TV does have a rank. Well, I've got three greens to bring to the table. You have to be able to navigate the Underworld when you're a sniper. Would this just be a group role then, my dear? That is what it's sounding like it's shaping up to be, and that's what I'd prefer. That yeah, As you're pulling into dock, the four of you are sort of coming up with, well, I know of these sorts of things while being a sniper, TV has learned this sort of stuff. It's going to be a base 
difficulty of two purple. But I have all these wonderful dark side points. Yeah, yeah. And I'm figuring, you've only really been at Port Tuga once. So I'm going to toss in a setback because of it. So it's going to end up being one, one, and one. As Rainy pulls the Kappa class shuttle into a uh, hangar bay, you see on the outside this heavily modified Krullian Corvette with this weird flying animal done over the front. What What is the name of that ship on the, like, the sensors or whatever? <laughs> I've got a roll table for smuggler ships. Please. <laughs> I was waiting for that screaming would be perfect. Okay, hold on. Or... <laughs> bring it up. Go for it, Chris. Whooping whiffed. <laughs> See, I made it mostly for me. I'm like, this. I, I hate that moment. It's like, what's the name of the ship? The Tempting know. Togruta. <laughs> oh, that's no, already. Dangerous thing when you're a GM and you throw out yeah. just something for to add color to the environment, and the players start asking questions about it. <laughs> well, no, it's I. It's not just that. It's you're asking. So, what does it say on sensors? Right. Fair point. Because Fair I know point. what the ship actually is. It's called the Fortunate Darling. <laughs> I like it. Oh, yes. It is the Fortunate Darling. Hey, if it's a ship for color, I'm tossing the Bogwing in somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. The difficulty on this roll is one purple, one red, one setback. Okay, so I bring three green. TV has a rank and a green, and two greens. Yep. What do the other two bring? Uh, Unless someone has a four intelligence. No. <laughs> Doesn't sound uh, like anyone. Nima just has a two intelligence. That's it. Okay, so how does that work out then? I don't remember. Two green, one yellow, one purple, one red, and one black. Okay, do you want to make that, Mr. Brent? Sure. TV will say, who do you want shot in the head? Oh my gosh. And gets one success and one threat and looks at you quizzically as he polishes his long-range rifle. So I have a <laughs> thought, but I don't want to put myself forward. The threat comes from our setback die, which was our lack of knowledge of the area. So Maybe we attract a little bit of attention. Maybe it's a, a data from his Clone War eras, and like he, the only person he can think of is like now super old. <laughs> that's a good idea you want me to shoot an old man in the head <laughs> no you want him oh kneecapped no you don't Intestinal need to draw damage. your gun at all paralyzed from the waist TV. down hmm? just oh. there's no need for violence probably I'm a sniper whatever happened during the time I was out he's really gotten a lot more aggressive I kind of like it Oh no. <laughs> so it's is it gonna be an old man from TV's past? I'm willing to go with other suggestions. But I was thinking it could be um someone that Kith ran into when the Imperials took over the garage. You know, she started hanging out with a slightly shadier bunch. And she might think of someone that she knows was not above board that has been out this way. <laughs> And you want them shot in the head? You're quite violent. We're not shooting anybody in the head. <laughs> Yet. Right. We'll let you know if that changes. Preparing <laughs> to stand by. Kith, Kith is, is clutching the, the cup of calf and is just glowering at TV over it. Just like, stop. Just stop. <laughs> One thing that you have absolutely figured is that going back to the Barbie Harpy is going to be your best bet. Oh good, I never got that drink. This is Portuga. There is people wall-to-wall. It's pop-up shops. You've got hustlers. You've got people doing three-card Monty with actual cards. Any sort of Denzying you can think of, this is sort of the place. As you're walking through, it's got fairly high ceilings for a space station where there's a lot of pipes going there. And this time, since... The four of you are making your way through. Ooh, can I get a biscuit? <laughs> yes, yes you can. You can. Kip goes a... over and gets a biscuit from the biscuit barn. Yes, the good old biscuit barn. Yes. As you approach the Barvey Harpy, you see leaning up against the bar the half-burned Wookiee that is just sort of leaning there, 
he's got this giant stein that, like, it's see-through. You can see that two-thirds of it is gone. He sees the four of you come in. He's still got, like, a backed-up bandage going across his stomach. He winces and then downs the last of his stein, carefully puts it down, gets up, makes sure that his bowcaster is sitting on the bar top, and then walks over to the four of you. I'm not sure you should be drinking all that. Isn't that what got you into trouble the last time? The last time you saw him, he was surprisingly still vertical, because he was that drunk. This time, not drunk. This time, it's like, that probably was the first drink of the day. And he goes over to Matu, and in relatively clear Shriwook, he starts apologizing for attacking him. That he just had his ship taken away from him by the Imperials, and... Matthew was the first human he saw, and he took it out on him. Ah, you know, stardust in the hyperdrive lanes and all that. Listen, I don't have any love for the Imperials either. I understand your feelings. He goes on to explain that yeah, the Imperials took his ship. He was smuggling for Shula the Hut, the only, only customs official on the up-and-up in all of Portuga, claimed his ship. It was just a run of bad luck that Imperial had Mandalorian muscle. Matu tenses on this phrasing for two reasons. The second, more obvious one to the rest of the party would be the mention of a Mandalorian. But there's actually a tension when he mentions a hut. And he kind of gives a little nod signal to Nima saying, follow me on this one. And he turns and says, well, you know... We might be at similar purposes. We happen to be looking for someone that double-crossed us. And I have a feeling that they run in the same circles. If you can help us out finding this person, maybe we can help you out in trying to get your ship back. What's your name? Rurara. To which Rurara says, I can set up a meeting for you, but it will take a bit of time. Please sit here in the Barvi Harpy, and motions to a whippet off in the back, who is sitting there having a drink, and the arm that they're using is a fairly ancient-looking cybernetic arm. Ruara tells you that this is the pirate who is known as Droidarm Amos, and <laughs> I shall make introductions with Shula the Hutt. I shall be back to collect you shortly. Ruara, do we really need another big, strong, dumb meat sack? Isn't that redundant? (laughs) To which Ruara will just sort of stroke TV's head. Then, after that, gives a thumb up to Matthew, a thumb up to TV, and then backs out, pointing between Kith and the bowcaster, and then just sort of shrugs shoulders, and then is out the door. Nima was forcing a smile. As soon as he leaves, the smile fades, and she turns towards Matu, pulls him a little closer, and whispers, What are you doing? Why are we going to meet with a hut? It's just a feeling I have, all right? I mean, think about it. The it's just a are... feeling you have. Do you know what hut lords do? They will have information. We don't have any leads, if you remember. Yes, and what kind of cost is that information going to come at? I don't know. There's no plan for this. I know there's no plan, and that's the problem here. Look, LT, I respect your methodology quite a bit in combat and in tactical situations, but we're a little bit out of our depth here. We're not spec ops. Actually, we are, but sure. (laughs) (laughs) We're not trained for spec ops. We didn't come in here with a dossier or contacts. We have no ground intel. We're chasing a shadow. It might mean we have to get our hands a little dirty. Well, there's a line on how dirty. I'm not saying we have to join their organization, but we can at least have a meeting. But you're still in command. If you don't think we should do it, let's leave now. No, I... I think you're you're right about us needing to take some chances, but if I say we're done with the meeting, we're done with the meeting. We walk away. Fair enough. 
And Nima is going to go over towards uh, droid arm Amos, and uh, she's going to see about actually getting that drink because she feels the need for a strong one right now. She does not like <laughs> the idea of dealing with a hut at all. They're slavers, and they're the worst of criminals. Two things she absolutely hates in the galaxy. <laughs> Kit's going to grab the bowcaster. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if she's willfully misinterpreting right. the nod, but she's grabbing it. <laughs> no, no, that that was one interpretation that you can very easily come from. Amos just sort of looks at the four of you, waves his left arm over the table, raises up his right, which is his still whipped arm. He snaps for the bartender droid to float on over, drops three drinks in. Whatever TV would like, I'm actually not quite sure. He chooses not to drink. It excludes him. He excludes him. He looks insulted by the entire thing, though. <laughs> and it's been established that Matt, too, doesn't drink, right? Right, he doesn't drink alcohol, so he'll just leave it there. Yeah, so when they put the drinks down in front, Nima actually will consume her glass pretty quickly and go ahead and just pull Matt, who's over to her. <laughs> <laughs> nice. TV also doesn't sit. <laughs> Jeez, he's that guy. So he's not sitting. He's just sort of standing there in his just awkwardly. Uh, just sort of standing there awkwardly in his trench coat. Yep. And hat. And hat. What's great too is he probably is he has these big bulges under on his back because he has rifles there. <laughs> he's actually run exact simulations as to the exact distance and angle to stand in order to make it the most awkward. <laughs> Recent calibrations have improved the efficiency by 3%, which he is quite pleased with. He's actually standing life. just barely too close to Matu. Yes. Like, not technically touching. And just leaning a little too far forward. <laughs> if he could breathe, there would definitely be some breath <laughs> on his neck. <laughs> He's planning on simulated body odor next. <laughs> <laughs> so, Amos is looking over at all of you it's, he just sort of chuckles at the droid and mandalorian before him and then looks over at nima at kith and says so what brings you all here seems we have some business with shula oh that can go very good or very bad have you had any dealings with shula before i'm a pirate i've had dealings with most big employers here shula wasn't bad to work with I mean, I was able to leave her employee and still live. Better than most huts. Yeah, that's not a very uh, very high bar there. Give you that. I mean, I'm just sort of here in between ships. So, you're a pirate. Have you ever uh, heard of or worked with a Captain Oglerk? You need a picture to appreciate a whippet smile. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Whippets are like little yetis, aren't they? Well, little isn't the operative word, but yeah. I don't actually have any context for their size. I'm sorry. I've just seen a picture of them. Uh, they're like, they're Wookiee size. Are they? They're, they're big. Yeah, they're pretty much Wookiee size, and they have giant faces. Like, they are truly, truly giant. And they've got two tusks. Like, absolutely, bizarrely huge. This whippet smiles as the two tusks just sort of glisten as he holds up his bottle of gizzer ale showing that it's empty and like raises his hands like miming that he's thirsty nima's uh, picking up what he's putting down so she'll go ahead and uh, signal the bartender who's probably also not all that pleased to see us again and ask him for another what was it gizzer ale yes uh and a Corellian ale all right and with this I kind of want to get a easy charm type check. Okay. Really need to put a point in it. I could smile winsomely at him. <laughs> uh, Nima's got her, her presence of three. So three green versus a purple. Uh, does the fact that liquor is involved help? I would absolutely give you a boost for that. Excellent. Actually, I give you two boosts because you're buying. Uh, that's a good thing. So let me roll that other boost. Nope. <laughs> So, wow. So, here's the impression I'm getting here. 
based on the die rolls here, where there were no successes and no failures, it's really a matter of Nima is not trying very hard to come across as charming here. She's not, like, she's so upset over the fact we're going to be meeting with the Hot Lord. She's fuming and isn't trying very hard. And Amos isn't, like, trying to be difficult. Nima's got to work with him a little bit more uh, to sort of get to get to that point there. And the liquor is not helping. <laughs> she probably radiates cop, too, right? Oh, yeah, like she's got the posture. Bearing, her demeanor. Right? Yeah. Like, I- mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. You've been practicing your demoralization skills. <laughs> yeah, I, absolutely. I love that. Where just everything about her bearing is signaling that, and the way she asks questions, you know, it's coming across a little bit too much like an interrogation, not enough like, you know, just, hey, just buddy's drinking here. She's always getting straight to the point. As you're trying to interrogate your way into a answer, he finishes the next ale without really saying anything. At that point, he sees Matu's sword. Is that one of those Mandalorian swords? One of those ones that I've seen so many years? It might be. Back home, before I left, my family had a few hunting implements that have been passed down from generation to generation. And I know the pull. Hmm. He will remove it from his back, still in the scabbard, set it down between them. Um, in samurai culture, there is actually a very specific manner in which you set your sword down to indicate level of trust. Um, I don't know if this exists in Mandalorian culture, but just for the heck of it, does it does now. It does now. So uh, <laughs> basically, in samurai culture, the more inconvenient you set your sword to be combat ready, the more you trust that person. So he sets it down between them, but the hilt is very clearly on... Matu's side, and toward his right hand, his sword hand. So it's like, I'm going to show you this, but I don't trust you that much, because if you go for it, I'm pulling it out, and I'm stabbing you in the face with it. He's in a booth. There's no convenient way for him to stand up. So he will lean on the tabletop with his mechanical arm, and then reach out to just draw along the table on either side of the scabbard, It's like he's getting a feel for what the blade is inside the scabbard. After he does that, he sits down. And he sits back and relaxes. Snaps his hand at the droid that comes over with two gizzer ales and another Corellian ale. Drops him down, at which point he just sort of motions at Nima. And he just sort of starts off with, Yeah, sure, I've seen it work before. Why kill out well with her anyway? She sold us some bad merchandise. Hmm. Guess it don't really matter, I suppose. Ain't no pirate if that's what you want to know. Amos just sort of scratches above his elbow where the droid arm joins with his flesh. What do you mean she's not a pirate? I thought that was her line of work. How do I know? I'm a pirate. I'm a criffing pirate. She wouldn't take on someone who is offering their services. I have yet to see any other pirate. Worth their salt that won't take freely offered crew. And yet, her. Nima's a few drinks in at this point, and so she's gonna blurt out maybe she has standards. <laughs> see, I heard that the Crusader was prize happy, going after CSN Imperial Treasury ships, and the like. My kind of crew. I hear the first mate's on the station, and I figure, sign on, right? Only I go to their bay, and they just aren't taking on crew, just cargo. Amos looks around, kind of expectantly. Pirates are always taken on crew. You see, always. And that's another thing. That ship she had, that wasn't nothing no pirate ever got her hands on. Too new, too shiny. No self-respecting pirate to show up here with it. Just as like to get taken. No, mate. Whatever the Crusader is, it ain't a pirate ship. I heard rumors it bursts on a planet named Keegan. Just off the list all run. We got played. Yeah, but guess what? We also got the droids. And now we get revenge. But we also have a pretty significant leak. Somebody knew that the Shadow Raptor was underdroided, fed that information to the Imperials. They concocted a complete plan to take us by surprise. Oglerg was recommended by another, another group, another part of the fleet. Which means we've got ourselves a mole. 
So you've discovered who needs to be shot in the head. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Well, kinda. the first of many. Thank you, uh, Amos. You've been uh, most helpful. And Nima will go ahead and buy him uh, one more round, although she's not getting anything else for herself. She's had enough at this point. <laughs> and it's at that point where Amos says, Thank you. It's nice being able to recount a few of the things of the past where uh, you tell some of these tourists they don't believe you, but thank you. If you go in looking for specific info from Shula, depending on how you are, you might not. Pointing at Nima. You? Maybe. Just sort of shakes his metal hand at Matu and Kith. You? And just shakes his head as he points at TV. Be on the up and up. And Shula will deal with you just fine. And he takes his gizzer ale, slips out of the booth, gives a half-hearted salute with a bottle of ale, and starts walking to a different part of the bar. Okay, I'm confused. Just just for clarity. Who might, who might not, who has to be on the up and up? I'll need to be on the up and up. Matu and Kith might. Nima, to copy. And... TV, well, TV's TV. <laughs> uh, so basically, be on your best behavior. Be as honest as possible, but not too honest. Also put <laughs> Matu at the front, apparently. Pretty much, pretty much. Because of the Mandalorian angle, he's got sort of the mercenary or bounty hunter vibe. And, uh, you know, he is, he has no eyes. <laughs> so, so he's got that going in his favor. Um, Matu also might have a little bit extra motivation to do so. Matu's hung around Nima for a while. He has seen Nima drink before and kind of go a little overboard. Normally she does so when not on a mission, normally kind of in those down times where she just doesn't know what to do with herself. The fact she's doing so a little little heavily here in quick succession when we're on a mission is out of character and possibly a little concerning. Mm, okay, interesting. Uh, I think um so I like that we we've we've kind of established that Mate and Nima have sort of hidden signals that they've developed in their time working together. Yes. And so I think one that Mate uses with her in these sorts of situations is he simply says Kobani gone, which is a ancient Mandoa phrase for need a hand, like hey uh Looks like you're you kind of need a little adjustment here. Like, are you are you okay? Like, you good? And Nima looks at him, and he can see the light bulb go off a little bit. If nothing else, Matu asking that question helps make her take a step back and take note of what she's doing. And then she's going to um, kind of wave him off some on it. Uh, what would be a like Mando phrase for basically like no I'm good. So he goes Kopani gone like I need a hand and then I think she can just like back and just be like Hukat Kama which is um uh, watch my back. Hukat Kama. Like her accent is just terrible throughout it. <laughs> right? And she sort of waves him <laughs> off some with her hand. So he will give her a little space having said his piece uh, and just wander over to Kith and say does that podcast have an auto-reloader? Is that a thing? This is Leslie, not Kith. It is a thing. And yeah, this thing is tricked out. It's got the auto-loader, it's got the other thing that I don't remember off the top yeah, of my head. Yeah, so basically, um, uh, for Leslie, the bowcasters can usually only be used by Wookiees because they take a tremendous strength to pull the thing back. People like Han can use the one that Chewbacca uses uh, in, like, The Force Awakens because he has an auto-reloader on it where there's, like, a little mechanical piece that does the pulling for him. The other advantage to that, if you tweak it just fine, it turns into an auto-fire weapon, which means it just starts spitting uh, Oh, that I didn't know. That's slick. That's what the attachment's for. I mean, we should take that. That's a nice weapon. So Kith would have held it up for Matu to look. Since Leslie doesn't have any words. Okay, and it's at this point where Ruwara <laughs> comes back. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> as you're sort of holding it up, Matu's there looking at it. Matu's sword is on the table. Ruwara comes over, sees you guys messing around with 
uh, his bowcaster just with both hands up. Not messing around, holding respectfully. Potato, potato. Holds up both hands, <laughs> gingerly reaches over, picks up the bowcaster, scruffs up Kiss head, gives a very <laughs> cheerful thank you to her, and then reslings it, motioning for the four of you to follow him. Uh, Nima will get up and fall into step behind them. I was wondering how accented fall would be. First off, you are brought into a casino, and this is like any major casino. You've got the sound going, you've got the bright lights, you've got the pools of light showing off the different tables. You've got the different beings dealing out cards, like actual physical cards. You've got other people with holograms in front of them. You've got Dejarik tables. You've got all this different sort of stuff in front to distract. And you've got this half-singed Wookiee continuously looking over his shoulder, making sure the four of you are in line behind him, that you aren't getting distracted. And he stops in front of a Twi'lek that is in this very fine... Uh, suit. Not quite a silk suit, but a very fine, kind of loud purple on blue suit. And he's looking to the four of you. Is this the ones that you brought to me? Shula is going to like them? You, why should I take you in to see Shula? Uh, who is the Twi'lek uh, pointing at? Just the group in general or somebody specifically out of those? He's just pointing at the group in general. You have this bounty hunter here, you have this Mary Allen, you have a droid with a duster? <laughs> Who does that? Look here, tentacle head. I'm sure that Shula can find any other Twi'lek to stand in front of the door and gibber. So how about you just move out of the way before you find yourself replaced by the end of my sword? That sounds like a coercion. <laughs> eh, this does. This does sound like a coercion right, check. I'll do it. I just want to point out that once again, Kith is ignored. On the other hand, Kith really could sort of do that whole, well, no one's looking at me, I'm going to be supposedly invisible, but, yeah, you know. But I'm sort of figuring that this is going to be a one purple, one red check just normally, because he sees this all the time. Anyone who's trying to coerce him, I'm just sort of figuring is going to get upgraded once. Sure. Uh, what does Matt do have in coercion? Uh, yellow and a green. A yellow and a green. Okay. Um, is there a way for Nima to donate her good willpower? Because she has a three willpower here. Now, we've met, there have been many scenes where Mattu has done the looming and assisted Nima in a negotiation otherwise. <laughs> I want to return the favor where Mattu's getting aggressive on this guy and she's moving forward with him. And now she's not as, you know, as big as him or heavily armored and stuff, but she still has a a pistol that's almost the size of a rifle strapped to her leg. <laughs> and she's not exactly, well, she's not exactly Kith in terms of uh, that degree of shortness yeah, or anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not carrying the droid you, head around it? anymore. I would go with it, yes. Between that and Nima's natural I am the law <laughs> stance, <laughs> I would go with it. Cool. So, so get another green, Chris. All right, so I'm at a yellow, two green against a purple and a red. Uh, here we go. One success. All right, all right. Fine. No blood. Just come on in. Get that droid out of here. Bothan, do you need any work? We could use some decent mechanics. And just choose all four of you into <laughs> the audience chamber. As I'm being shooed in, I'm like, what's it pay? Does my duster not look cool? No, 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 TV. It looks, it looks really cool. And uh, as Nima's saying that, she even uh, like puts a hand on his shoulder for a moment, and uh, then she'll kind of take her hand back off and continue following Matu's lead. Uh, she's kind of loosened up a little bit. Her normally kind of rigid stance and stuff. I like her better when her brain is forty percent <laughs> incapacitated. <laughs> <laughs> I think my duster looks cool. I think your duster looks dangerous. Very cool. The four of you are chewed into this very large 
audience hall that sort of seems to be part of this casino nightclub um, that seems to be part nightclub and part ballroom. But as you're brought in front of this hut, most of the noise sort of drops away. And you can tell that there is a field that is making it much harder for anyone outside of this to hear. Like, it's noticeable. As you dr- come in, it really dampens the sound, the just sort of lively sound of the club that's behind you. And you can hear Shula sitting there, just sort of talking to a protocol droid next to her. What do you, bounty hunter, come seeking the help of Shula the Hut? To which, like, the little stubby arms rise up, basking in some implied glow. <laughs> We're looking for information that might lead us to exact some retribution on someone who did us wrong. This is Portuga. Most ships here have done <laughs> someone wrong. Why should I get in the middle because of this? Help the Imperials. Yeah, do we do that? Do we pull it out? I guess we have to. The guy said to be as honest as possible, right? Because we believe that this person is affiliated with the Empire. To which uh, Shula's head just sort of quirks. I am a being of business. I cannot just give information because it pleases you. I must receive something in return. Mm, this is not my too strong suit. Uh, it is Nima's, but she hasn't thought up of anything she's willing to give up that she thinks the hut might go for. She certainly doesn't yeah, want to owe Shula a favor or anything like that. Credits? I don't think a I don't think a hut is going to care for a thousand credits or less. That sounds like chump change to any hut lord. <laughs> um. Okay. Okay, so you take an upgrade Maybe on the we check. Exact a retribution and give her the ship. It's actually not gonna be that bad. Oglark's ship, that is. Do you really want Imperial agents walking about this station unknown? If you give us this information, we make sure the Empire knows not to set foot on Port Tuga, not to interfere with the businesses of Shul of the Hut. A message to the Empire is very costly, you know. We'd be willing to do it for free, as long as we just got a little nudge in the right direction. Okay, now that sounds like a dang good negotiation. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, that sounds like it should at least get an upgrade from That's good, because all I got is two green. <laughs> and Nima. I'm not sure how Nima is, uh, is helping in this context, though. Really? Well, Matu's done the the talking so far, and it's not like she can just kind of loom like she did with the uh, with the Twi'lek. Crack your knuckles. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's going to work with the Hut Lord so much. I am offering this up as a group check. If anyone can come up with reasons why they can help out, we can work with okay. it. Uh, how about a team lineup? <laughs> pose a, we pose as I mean, a team. I'm not even kidding. Like you have mm. cameras circling around <laughs> like the Avengers. <laughs> Demolitions, <laughs> sharpshooting, sheer force of will when she's sober. She's like cocking her little gun. Matu's yelling, flexing. <laughs> no, I, I like it. It kind of it sends the vibe of look, we like we look dangerous enough to be a problem for the empire. You know, we are a weapon that can be directed against them. Uh, it helps to sell that. I mean, Shula's a hut. She's no dummy. Maybe she's starting, has an inkling that, like, oh, maybe we're alliance, like, we're rebel alliance agents, not ragtag bounty hunters. But I don't know if that would be, is that, like, a blue and black situation? <laughs> no, I'm not going to go with that being a blue and black situation. I'm going to go for the team lineup, a boost. See, how you guys are describing it, it's, that is where, sort of, Nima being Hannibal. Nima Go sort of starts to seem to be a bit more right. Yeah, because she's she's the leader, basically, the one sort of... Do you have a cigar? No, unfortunately not. I guess we could light <laughs> well, someone I mean, to existence. <laughs> does anybody have higher than two presents? There's yes. negotiations of presents. Okay. Yeah, oh, you do. Yeah, N- Nima has one training in negotiation, and she has a three presents. Oh, yeah, we would. Re- uh, that would be useful, wouldn't it? Uh- <laughs> 
<laughs> and do you have any talents to toss at uh, it? I do not have any negotiation-based talents. She's really better at barking orders than she is at the negotiation at this point. Yeah, we are Age of Rebellion characters trying to do Edge of the Empire moves. Uh, (laughs) I am am no political. Well, on the other hand, you are going up against... I'm... Okay, so you've gotten two boosts. You're using Nima's skill pool. And I'm going to use this. Because you're kind of negotiating with her. Like You're trying to get information for... Essentially being her toughs for one mission. In this particular instance, our needs align, which is pretty much the line you're going with. I am going to upgrade it once with this wonderful Black Destiny, but I'm kind of figuring that it's going to be just two purple, one red. That's it for the difficulty. Considering it's a hut, that's not too bad. Let me just clarify, then. I I got one upgrade mm-hmm. for the line. I have one yep. yellow for Nima's pool. So that gives mm-hmm. me two positive, which then and one green because of her three presents. Yep. And then one boost because we pose as a team. Mm-hmm. And then two... Because we're a team of posers. Two purple and a red. <laughs> and light side. Yes. And a light side, we're doing it? Okay, so we're going to flip that. Three yellow, two blue, two purple, one red. Here we go. Two successes, two advantages. The lineup helped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that it did. The lineup is how you got your advantages. Wow. There was a lot of advantage canceling there. Well, yeah, that's crazy. Which I, I think is really appropriate for wow. the situation. Because she doesn't really want to turn down the free help. True. But she does want to wheel and deal and see if she can get something more. And in the end, we're coming out on top. Shula says, okay, I can help you. What information do you need? Captain Ogluck and the Crusader. Where is she? As soon as you ask about Ogluck and Shula, she says, I've heard of a new ship working the list a whole run, but I haven't heard of any survivors from their raids. When that shipment that came through here of droids, I taxed it just like I would any other shipment. Here's the bizarre thing. They didn't even try and haggle. Ooh. <laughs> and they paid in a combination of currency and droids since they had a lot kicking around. Can I see one well, of those droids? Yeah. <laughs> we might be able to help you out in another way. <laughs> well, as you joke, it's at that particular point where you don't see one. You see ten. Out of sort of the sides, ten protocol droids force their way through the crowd and come into the area close to Shula, each of them holding an actual blaster pistol. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Heroes of the Hydean Way. You can find show updates on Twitter at The Hydean Way, and you can find me, Ben, on Twitter at Deuterium Ice. And you can find me, Christine, on Twitter at Twelfth Night. That's one, two, T-H, and night with a K. You can follow me, Brent, at iBrentBrown on Twitter. And the player that plays Leslie and Kith and everyone that annoys iBrentBrown on Twitter can be found at GS. If you want to hear a show about small aliens, you could go to Silhouette Zero, where I, Jinko, it's Jinko. am a Toydarian who also Hi, is Jinko. short and is an alien and is played by Chris, who is at Sil Zero Chris. That's S-I-L-Z-E-R-O. You can also follow that loud Mandalorian. Uh, what was his name? Temo Ma- Matu. Okay. If you want to follow him, he is at Mando Matu. I don't know why you would want to. He seems very <laughs> annoying. This made me so happy. And the crossovers have begun. Uh, we're at thehydeanway.com where you can find previous episodes as well as our sister podcast, Tales from the Hydean Way. And all of our podcasts are on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play where you can find more episodes and help us out by reading and reviewing the show. We're also on Facebook at Heroes of the Hydean Way. Uh, excuse me. I have this character who has, it's about 10 pages of backstory. And I want to know how I can work my backstory into 
the the thing that you guys are doing this this whole trapped in space by the uh, black hole thing because it's really cool how you guys kind of involve each other's backstories. I thought that would be that would be really cool if we could we could talk about that. Well, we are going to be doing discussion episode coming up in a little bit, and if you want to send questions like this to us for us to answer in the episode, you can send them to heroes at com. And if you like what we do and want to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash thehydeanway. That's kind of where I'm wanting to cut it. <laughs> yeah. Son of a crap. This episode. Friggin' cliffhangers. Beautiful. That was the entire reason why I was laughing is because Brent asked... Is there any way we're going to get into combat this episode? <laughs> well, Not this no. one, but... I'm Not so exactly. glad that I have those two extra wound, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. On the other hand, it's... You guys are fully armed. The only thing that's fully. wonky is... I wouldn't say that. You're only slightly lubricated. Uh, yeah, also Nima does not have her shield or things like that because... Why doesn't she have her Why shield? would she carry her shield if she's... We're going around asking for information. That's something that stands out, remember? How are you supposed to be Captain America in our Avengers if you don't have your shield? I'm so sorry. TV has some thoughts I on failed. why you wouldn't be carrying the shield. Wait, wait. Ooh. <laughs> You'll have some comments. Who am I if she's Cap? Um, you're Black Widow. Black Widow. I was about to say, uh, yeah, you've, <laughs> I think you've got to be your Black Widow. Be Black I mean, Widow. there's electricity involved. And you throw things. <laughs> and nobody likes you. <laughs> nobody likes whom? Wow. No, nothing. No. So, so, <laughs> so it, now, I want to know what you just said, young man. That's okay. I got it on tape. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out who everybody else is. Well, TV, TV's got to be Hawkeye, Hawkeye because he's a sharpshooter. I'm Jarvis, no, apparently. T- TV is... Can't be Iron Man. No, TV's Vision. Oh. Vision? I guess computers. Fair enough. Uh, I, I, but, but Vision's, um, yeah. like, optimistic. <laughs> no, he's Ultron. Yeah. No, if anything... I, I, uh, More accurate. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I, honestly, I kind of do go with... I, I actually kind of do see uh, TV as Hawkeye. Smart aleck comments and yeah. sharpshooter. Deadly accurate. Yeah, well, th- that's where my yeah. that's where my mind went. So who's Matu then? Thor. <laughs> On the other hand, just the way that Thor uses his armor. It, it's also the way I think Matu Matu speaks and stuff. You kind of have the uh, sort of the Asgardian uh, ways and the Mandalorian ways. Like I could see it working. Yeah, he likes the sword. Exactly. They got the, he's got the uh, the hammer. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I totally see it. Yeah. Gonna learn how to fly. Another. 